This is What's with Washington? Where you ask the questions about our region, about the place we live, about your neighborhood. Anacostia, Prince George's County, Pentagon City, Woodley Park, Columbia Heights, and WAMU Answers. I'm a second generation Washingtonian. Ward 5. I'm Michaela LaFrac. Welcome to What's with Washington. Today we're talking about something that people are very passionate about. Bikes. Our question comes from a listener named Kristen McConnell. She's really curious about who has the right of way on our sidewalks. So I gave her a call. You know, my husband and I have been in the city for four or five years now. Um, neither one of us are cyclists, so I'll be <laughs> upfront with that. But um, commute on foot daily. Okay. She lives really close to me in the Adams Morgan U Street area, and she told me on the phone that there are these really narrow sidewalks in our neighborhood, and she'll be walking down the street with her husband, and a cyclist will often uh, bike by her on the sidewalk. It's become a little bit of a pet peeve of cyclists kind of whizzing by. The cyclist tries to squeeze by. They ring their bell. Maybe they don't ring their bell and, and, you know, hit her with her handlebars. Sometimes if we're feeling a little feisty, we may mention like, hey, there's a bike lane right there. (laughs) And it's funny because I'm a cyclist, um, but also often a pedestrian. And um, when I'm biking, I'm always annoyed at everybody else. And when I am walking, I'm always annoyed at cyclists. Who's in the right here? Are are pedestrians the sole owner of the sidewalk? Should bicycles be allowed? If so, is it like a certain speed limit they should be going? So her question was, is it even legal for cyclists to be on the sidewalks with her? I looked into it, and here's a quick overview of the rules around the DMV. In D.C., it is legal to bike on the sidewalks. Except in a downtown region called the Central Business District, roughly bounded to the north and south by Mass Ave and the National Mall, and to the east and west by 23rd Street Northwest and 2nd Street Northeast. In Maryland, it is not legal to bike on the sidewalks. Except Montgomery County where it is legal. And Prince George's County says the county executive can decide. So right now it's not legal to bike on sidewalks. But there's a new county executive every four to eight years, so whoever's elected could change that rule. What? In Northern Virginia, it is legal to bike on the sidewalks unless marked by a conspicuous sign. And there are signs in Fairfax and Arlington that say no biking on sidewalks. So there's a lot of rules. But basically, it is legal to ride your bike on the sidewalk, with a few caveats depending on where you are. So, sorry, Kristen, this means those bikers on your neighborhood sidewalks are allowed to be there, even if they annoy you. But while Kristen's question and the answer are pretty straightforward, what really stuck with me about our conversation was how frustrated she sounded. And she's not the only one. Whenever my colleagues at the Kojo Nandi show do a program on bikes, their phones light up. People have feelings. It's crazy. So why does everything feel so crowded? We're going to look into that. And to do so, we did a little experiment. That's next. Even with bike lanes everywhere, cyclists still end up on the sidewalks and bugging pedestrians like Kristen. But why? Why are they up there? To understand it, we sent our visuals editor, Tyrone Turner, out on a little adventure. We chose Tyrone because he's comfortable on a bike, but he doesn't use one to commute. So he doesn't have any hard opinions on this. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, Michaela. How you doing? 
So tell me a little bit about your background as a cyclist. Have you been biking in this area for a while? Well, I did the Tour de France the first time. (laughs) I really believed you for like (laughs) one second. (laughs) You know, I I haven't really used cycling as a, a mode of transportation, like to get to work. I use it more as like exercise. And I also ride with my son some. He's really getting into it more. But I I have not ridden in cities that much. So, Tyrone, we sent you out to Columbia Heights to pick up a Capital bike share. And I know it's a busy area, but it was the middle of the day, so we were hoping it wouldn't be too bad. Hello, hello, hello. And then you headed south down the hill with the goal of staying in the bike lane as long as you could. Here we go. We're on and we're officially in the bike lane now. Officially. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, so... So it seemed like beforehand, like you'd be like, hey, this is going to be easy peasy. There you go. Bike lane is totally clear. These things work. I'm like, oop. Oh, you know what? I almost went because there's a walk signal, but I'm on a bike. All right, here we go. I'm a pro at this now. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. you sound very confident. Was it all smooth sailing from there no, on No, no, no. That's the whole thing is like, then you had this person who walks partly out into the bike lane, not looking at the bikes coming down but looking at the traffic of course and then you're just like oh got a scooter going past yeah this is pretty busy and we're at 14th and U, and we got a big old construction site major obstacle in our way i feel like the cars don't really know that we're here and that we could be pulverized at any moment but i think we'll be all right most blocks they had something in the bike lane like what Uh, like cars that had pulled over boy you really have to watch out for the rideshare vehicles the rideshare has to go to where that phone is. So we're not cognizant of where we should stand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we're asking that rideshare vehicle to go right there. Yeah, and the other thing I run into all the time are delivery trucks. Because this truck is completely blocking the bike lane. I don't know where these people are supposed to park in order to deliver stuff. Because there's no place for them either. That's a thing that, that I, like, I'm always amazed by in cities anyway. It's like, you know, where are they supposed to go? And, and they just pull over. Well, that's something I found when I was reporting this story that, that is kind of the next frontier for, for urban planners to figure out because, yeah, there's, like you said, there's nowhere for these delivery vehicles to go. And as we rely more on Amazon, these trucks are just piling up and piling up. And I mean, it's not really their fault. You know, they have a job to do too. Got a police van in the bike lane. Oh, parking enforcement. Ooh, getting a big old ticket. I love that there were actual city vehicles parking themselves in bike lanes. That's classic. So before you went out on this bike ride, when we gave you this assignment, what was your expectation of what it was going to be like? And did that end up matching up with what it was actually like when you were out there? Did you think you'd feel safe? I really was surprised at how often the bike lane was blocked. I just feel like you would need to really... Uh, not be distracted. You can't think about anything else. You need to, like, be locked on. You need to be Luke Skywalker in the X-Wing, like, hitting that channel and dumping your torpedo down into that hole. Use the force, Luke. You have to be, I, you know, it's like, you have to be really concentrated on <laughs> your mission, or you're not going to get to the other side, and the Death Star is not going to blow up. 
But yeah, it was, uh, so where was I? So it, it sounds like you kind of identify with some of the anxiety that our question asker Kristen was feeling when she's on the sidewalks. Your feelings are sort of the same when you're in a bike lane. It is very analogous to that question, just in the opposite, right? Because you're supposed to be riding and in motion, and you have these stopped things in the bike lane that then you have to maneuver around. And then the corollary is, well, now I understand why people get up on the sidewalk. I have a lot of respect for bikers who do this day in and day out and who, you know, try to keep themselves safe. I think the bike lanes, they look like they're laid out correctly. Um, the bike lane seems to be where it's supposed to be. I don't know. Well, luckily, we're just mere journalists and urban visuals planners. editors. And so visuals we editors. don't have to be the urban planners. That's right. We, don't, yeah. we leave that to the professional urban planners. Luckily, I did talk to one for this story. And you might be surprised what he has to say. That's next. Hi, it's Diane. The next meeting of my book club is on Wednesday, May 31st at 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll host a discussion of Mad Honey by Jody Pico and Jennifer Finney Boylan, followed by a conversation with the authors. Find out more and register at dianereem.org slash book club. What's your question about the Washington region? We want to know. Go to wamu.org slash what's with or give us a call 202-885-7250. We'll choose our future episodes from the questions you send in. Send us your questions. I'm Daisy Rosario, managing producer of podcasts at WAMU, your listener-supported NPR news station in Washington, D.C. I'm just popping in to let you know that the What's With Washington podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit WAMU.org and click the Donate button to become a member today. Thanks for your support. Maybe cyclists are on sidewalks because they have no better option. But how exactly did everything get so crammed and complicated? I called a real urban planner, Adi Tomer, who works for the Brookings Institution. And he told me that it all started around the 1950s with the popularity of cars. It's time to travel, time to take a wheel and travel test a rocket Oldsmobile. There's no question, America went all in hog wild for the car. You could argue the folks who have been sacrificing their space up until the last 10 years or 15 years have really been people who don't drive because we've given up so much physical space to the car. So if you know your D.C. history, you know L'Enfant designed the grid system here long before cars showed up. But once they did, we allocated most of the actual square footage of roads to cars. So the easiest solution seems to be, why not just reallocate some of the car space to other modes of transportation? People like cyclists and pedestrians and scooter people. But who to give it to? What's the perfect design? Well, it depends on who you're asking. You know what the cyclists want? They want no cars anywhere. They'd still love to have roads because they want to be nicely paved, just like a car. And that's not wrong, right? That's a human instinct, right? Is to want what you want and then have the city reflect it back on you. 
So basically, we're all selfish humans and we all want all the space for our own things. Our question asker Kristen wants her walking space, I want my biking space, and my mom wants her car space. And whoever advocates the most effectively, they get the local government to build the infrastructure that fits their needs. Adito Mayer calls this overcorrecting. Our modern history in the United States suggests that we love to overcorrect because we go gung-ho for things. The problem is when it comes to infrastructure, the decisions last for so long long, sometimes for millennia, that once the fad hits and you you formalize it through the infrastructure construction, you're stuck with it. We love fads. Imagine what it would have been like in the 90s if we were like, let's go all in on rollerblading lanes. My sister would have been super happy, but everybody else probably would have been like, what is happening? Or what if right now we rebuilt all of our infrastructure to accommodate electric scooters, which, first of all, who saw that transportation coming? Plus, a lot of the changes we're seeing now come from car sharing and ride hailing and bike sharing, which are all made possible because of smartphones. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. Steve Jobs, why didn't you warn us? It's a transportation innovation, too. Adi says our problem stems from the fact that infrastructure projects move really slowly and technology moves fast. It's a bad combo. We are living in the early days of chaos because of incredible transportation innovation. And what's looming over all this is we don't even have autonomous vehicles yet. And how are all of us going to respond? God, autonomous vehicles. We can't even begin to get into that one right now. But transportation isn't the only place where innovation's happening. There are urban designers doing pretty radical things with their cities, too. Like in Oslo, Norway, they've eliminated all parking downtown. But will that help create more space for order or more space for chaos? Who can know? That's creating a whole new series of headaches for our road regulators, right? That is a really difficult challenge that no city anywhere in the world has the perfect answers for. But it is sparking an opportunity to rethink our, our street designs. All right, Tyrone, so I have you back in the studio. I am here, yeah. And I wanted to explain some of what I learned from a real urban planner. Better than a fake one. Much better. <laughs> So the gist of what this urban planner told me was that technology changes really, really quickly and infrastructure changes very slowly. And then you're on to the next mode of transportation. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I, I have to say sometimes it seems like the biggest thing gets the, gets the space, right? Right. And so if you're in some cities like, you know, in China where you see like tons of bicycles and you're going to get run over and killed if you if you get in the way, you know, the, the other vehicles are going to cede way to these bicyclists. But when I was in Bogota, Colombia. Tell me about Bogota. I was there photographing a story on transportation. Oh. And what was interesting is they have this thing called the Transmilenio, and that's a bus system where it was such gridlock in the city. They took away two lanes of traffic so that you'd have one lane for local buses and one lane for express buses. And so what happened was that it was cheaper and faster to go across the city in a bus hmm. than to go in your car. So that incentivized and de-incentivized using the car and incentivized using the, the bus. Right. Right now, what's faster? 
taking a bus or taking a car? Biking. It is. Biking's Biking's faster. faster. But the other problem with all this, too, I think, is that it's not always just about efficiency, too. Like our What's With Washington question asker who just wants to, like, stroll down the street. Full disclosure, (laughs) I have not ridden a bike in the city since we did our adventure. Did we terrify you? Is it our fault? No, it's my mode of transportation is that I have equipment. I'm a photographer. I actually do ride through the city or drive through the city and see bicyclists. I'm like, I could get there faster on a bicycle, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't carry all this stuff. I couldn't carry my lights and my tripod and that kind of stuff. So since infrastructure changes happen really slowly, I also reached out to the Washington Area Bicycle Association, where I spoke to Colin Brown, their communications director, and he gave me some advice on what actually to do day to day. This is what he said. Pedestrian space, pedestrian pace. Or respect the reality of where you are. So car space, car pace. <laughs> Less catchy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. FedEx space, FedEx pace. Okay. <laughs> like when you're riding on the sidewalk, it's sort of like driving, right? Like you are the large, fast vehicle, and it's your responsibility to make sure that everyone around you not just is safe, but feels safe. That's great. You know, like if I would ride up on the sidewalk, I would expect to be going pretty slowly. I know. And this was good for me to hear because I, to be honest, as a bicyclist, I totally abuse that sometimes. Like I know I'm pretty good at navigating crowds at this point. I know I could zoom by that person, but that doesn't mean that they feel comfortable when I zoom by them. Yeah, I think that's right. Feel safe. That's that's really, I think that's probably the most important. You yeah. Know? Thank you, Tyrone, for being our guinea pig. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you to our question asker, Kristen McConnell. You asked a great question and expressed a frustration that a lot of people in our area share. This show is produced by Daisy Rosario, Ponce Rutch, and me, Michaela LaFrac. Original music and sound mixing by Ben Privet. WAMU's general manager is J.J. Yore. Andy McDaniel oversees all content. Jeffrey Katz is our news director. Want to learn more about the people and places you heard about in this episode? Head to wamu.org slash what's with to get all the details. While you're there, browse around. Our newsroom has answered a ton of questions from locals and newcomers, and the answers are all there. That's wamu.org slash what's with. New episodes of What's With Washington drop every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Michaela LaFrac. See you next time.